You are listening to 40-something podcast with Valley and the Vig. And now, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. Ah, 40-something podcast. And we have the absolute pleasure returning from a hiatus. The Vig and I am really excited to get into this week. But anyway, so it's good to see you, man. It's good to kind of get the juices flowing out, you know, get behind the microphone again, man. Yeah, it's good. I know we kind of grinded to a halt there, you know. Because of everything, but uh, I'm looking forward to kind of getting this going again. You know, maybe even this week, and then when I settle back in uh, out there, Rada. So, yeah, and... I was also going to say uh, Elon Musk because that's the reason why everything crashed like it did. He said over the weekend he tweeted, uh, "I think everything's a bit high right now." Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I, I actually <laughs> said that. And I was like, maybe I should sell because I'm sure it's gonna. And I didn't, I, really and I never go, I, I, then, I'm not taking risks. It sucks. Yeah. I could have yeah. sold it at yeah. 58,000. And then, yeah. and that guy's right, right around where it was on Saturday. And mm-hmm. I could have bought it back today and I would have yeah. made a ton of money or saved yeah. a ton of money, yeah. I should say. Yeah. You have to get that. You have to like play it like that. But uh, we were talking about that. And then Monday mornings when it hit because that's when, because a lot of Wall Street people are involved. So they got that, and then they were like, "Wow, Monday morning, I'm gonna sell my shit because yeah. he's saying it's a bit high, you know." And you know, get get ready. That's how this is gonna be. But it, it'll it'll come roaring back. Absolutely, I mean, I'm not worried. It about did it. it did partly, and then uh, it slowed up a little bit. So it's just gonna be kind of like a whiplash market for now. And then he's just you know he's got that power, and he's gonna use it. So. Yeah, he probably doesn't well, want everybody buying in right now. He probably wants people to chill out a little bit. Or, or maybe, dude. Honestly, I think looking at Elon Musk, I think he does things. It doesn't seem like he has a conscience for anything he does. It's like no, he's, he's trying to do a, good things, but he just he ha, he's almost like a robot. He really he's is. Like almost, a, he's kind of like an evil genius, kind of like how that guy was in Austin Powers. You know, I don't think he's evil. I think he's. I think there's almost like a godlike thing to him it's like i'll do what i do and whatever happens happens i don't think he's trying to harm anybody oh yeah well that you but know he doesn't, like kind of like, he'll even tell you he's like hey don't do this the thing yeah. with the blowtorch which i thought was fascinating and hilarious he sold 20 th- he sold twenty thousand things that were not a blowtorch i can't believe that <laughs> happened what the fuck <laughs> did you know about that no, i you know I've been paying attention, sort of. No, this was a couple of years ago, actually. This was the first Joe Rogan interview he did. Oh, okay. And my wife and I on mushrooms decided, well, why don't we check out? I my big thing is I've been trying to to listen to people that are really fucking smart, and mm. listen to people that think way outside of the box of your average Joe. You know, so I have actually been listening to a lot of Malcolm X versus James Baldwin and hearing their philosophies and those two debate on how blacks or Negroes were called at the time should proceed in the civil rights process. And it was fascinating because these are complete different situations. 
And the one thing that was glaring, which is, I think, when part and parcel to our previous episode that I did shoot with while you were on hiatus, I said that I, was, I wasn't sure why Baldwin wasn't embraced so much. And I, I think I figured it out. And I don't think it was because he was possibly gay. I think it was mostly because he did not cling to religion the way that yeah. Martin and Malcolm both did. Religion was deep ingrained into their beliefs and the way they fought. Whereas Baldwin said, oh, look, I'm not a religious person. I'm sorry, I'm just not a religious person. That doesn't mean that I don't believe people. I absolutely love Baldwin. Um, and he, I think he was just that far ahead of his time. He was openly agnostic and or atheist. I mean, you don't, you didn't see that too often. In the 60s, uh, they weren't really, you know, with that movement, with movement that was happening, uh, you know, towards the towards the latter part of the decade, uh, with the with the hippies and the yippies, um, then you know, atheism really started to kind of come up the ranks there. Uh, but you weren't really talking like that during that decade, during the, at least the early part, especially. Um, and uh, so, you know, you that kind of be like a career killer, you know, especially if you're trying to be an author of some sort uh, and uh, make a career out of that. Why he spent most of his adult life, well, not most, but a majority of his adult life in Paris, in France. Yeah, James James Baldwin, highly recommended uh, for anyone out there who is not familiar with him. Highly recommended, along with Tom Wolfe and Norman Mailer. Uh, those three would definitely be something to look into if you're still, you know, looking to, you're getting to, to, towards the end of quarantine here, and you're running out of some stuff uh, to look into and read. I definitely highly recommend those three. Tom Wolf, James Baldwin, and Norman Mailer. Anything by them. Absolutely. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Yeah. And I'm, I'm referring to, and just so people misunderstand, I'm referring to Baldwin more as the civil rights activist. However, uh, brilliant stuff. And we'll actually, um, Ray Pearson, who's going to be coming on the show, actually pretty soon we have to reschedule with him. Uh, he was scheduled last week. Guys was too fat to skydive. Or, and so we're going to figure all that stuff out. But I, that's what I was referring to, but he's a brilliant author and, and uh, Ray Pearson was very, very, very complimentary and he's a published author himself. So, uh, so definitely check his stuff out for sure. So, yeah. so anyway, big, how you doing? It's good. We, we kind of started going here and I will uh, do an intro. I'll overdub an intro later. Intro to 47, 47 podcast. 40-something podcast, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. There's the intro. I'll probably edit it into a, I'll probably edit a better one in, in a little bit so it's easier for me. But. Sure. So anyways, so actually, folks, not too often you'll see this, but Vig and I are not more than about three miles away from each other at this moment. At this moment, yes. At this very second. We're getting in the snowed. same city. We're, yeah, in the, in the lovely West End portion of Allentown, since I have not smoke marijuana today especially on camera yeah so i'm excited about that we wanted to kind of what have we been missing and getting into all the things and you know what you do this thing of paying attention about things that are important that i sometimes just i'm just too much into myself unfortunately what the hell we're going to talk about texas right now to start out with all this snow and all the shit going on in texas what is going on in texas the last week since we last spoke. Sure. Texas, you know, one of the greatest states in the union, kind of fell back to a power outages 
from overconsumption from a deep freeze and or both a couple of winter storms that rolled through that we actually experienced up here in Pennsylvania to the latter end of it. But we we're you know, a little bit more prepared for that kind of stuff where they were not. And uh, they had several major power stations go offline during the week and during that storm, which left millions of people without power and just kind of sort of turned into a cascading effect and snowball effect, you know, no pun intended, but this then went into, you know, bigger power outage and then which turned into a uh, dirty water, not clean water problem, uh, and then turned into a, oh my gosh, I just got a power bill for how much in my mailbox? Uh, so these, these all kind of stem from a decentralized power grid, which is uh, not federally mandated. Texas does their own thing, and we've, you know, we've always known that, and they pride themselves on uh, doing their own thing. And that's you know, a big part of the, the uh, GOP is to just do their own thing with hands off by the government. Well, it kind of bit them in the ass there a little bit. Uh, you know, it could be could, could be skirting skirting over some of this. But uh, if you want to give some more details out there about it, please definitely uh, email us at valleyvig08 at gmail.com and let us know what your scoop is. But the main thing here was is that they have a decentralized power grid, and that uh, they just weren't ready for this type of a storm and this type of power consumption that was uh, as a result of the storm, and we went down. Um, and they were down for several days and it just was a huge mess. It was probably worse than any other hurricane that ever hit the state, uh, or hit the Gulf coast there. Uh, and now today, which is Monday, what, February 23rd, we're just coming back there. Some of the power is starting coming, but they have dirty water and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, just been a big mess there and it really could have been avoided. Once again, we're back to this topic where it could have been avoided had there been prior pre-planning and just a better game plan on how to handle a crisis dirty water huh Jeez. dirty water tj yep i i think fish had their festival there and then it had to get canceled is that where it was i don't know you know i i, I forget what a fish festival was like <laughs> seriously I really well, apparently the water isn't good because i i was going to go to one and then they had to cancel it I had, yeah, I had to throw a fish. I heard dirty water and I had to throw the fish. Everyone who knows curveball. That was a curveball, right? Ha ha. Punny. Why? That was one of the reasons I think they gave uh, for canceling it is that they thought that there was not going to be enough clean water due to uh, the stormwater mixing in with fresh water and it was a lot of oh, flooding can, and things like that. Yeah. That can go bad. That can go south sure. quick. So. So what's the reaction of everybody? Is anyone blaming the governor or are they blaming liberals? Are they blaming the Mexicans? What, who is, what, where is a lot of the blame going? Well, so there's, uh, there's, you know, there's um, blame going towards the governor, Greg Abbott, uh, for just not managing this whole well and not having a plan in place. Uh, and then there's blame given on the power companies for not having things in order to be able to have any fail safes in order should this have happened. And then, of course, they are blaming the Green New Deal. Now, why is the Green New Deal part of their shit? So there is a certain percentage of power that is generated by wind uh, in Texas and solar. And, uh, you know, I... I I'm trying to try to stay ac accurate with this. And it is that uh, 
you know, they relied too much on that too early and, you know, not enough on what really works, which is, you know, coal and nuclear and natural gas. And one of the main parts is, is that they ran out of natural gas uh, to, to supply the power to power plants so they could supply the citizens with power. And uh, I also think it's just a scapegoat for the GOP also to just point fingers at people. So in your in your opinion, the Green New Deal, the Green New Deal has nothing to do with this. They're just talking about is that what your opinion? Is that how, my well that's yes, how I look my, at it? It looks yeah, like they need to blame somebody. Sure. And and so that's just the way to go about it. Because it's easy to do that. You know, this might be a little fuzzy math, but I believe it's really only about between twenty-three and twenty-eight percent of all power in Texas is is done by solar or wind. So they wouldn't really be blamed on that uh, but it's it's a good it's a good way to push the agenda on that side um you know and like like i said you know I, i've been an independent now for quite a while i've just left of center i i will vote for a candidate on that side if i feel that they're the best candidate for the job but i'm just not impressed with this going forward with how uh, you know that side of things is handling uh the, the running of this country so uh well, they're getting through it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of odd because we had one of the senators there. And this might be a good lead into our next topic. Uncle Ted! What, Uncle one of the Ted! Main, one of the main um, Texas representatives these days, Senator Ted Cruz, decided that it was a little too cold in his house and he didn't have any power. So he thought that Cancun, Mexico might be a good option to go. It just kind of left everybody behind and deserted his state in the middle of a major crisis probably the biggest crisis to ever hit that state uh post um reconstruction you know and uh this is my surprise face yeah yeah you're and so are so we're just so surprised these days and uh you know when you have aoc come in from new york and raise two million dollars in food and fresh water for your citizens while you're picking up the pieces from leaving the state to go to a vacation spot. You're looking pretty bad these days. And honestly, technical difficulties here on the 40 something podcast today. Well, probably all that cocaine out there. Yeah. We are getting dumped on again here. It's like being in the middle of the Rocky mountains uh, here in the West end of Allentown. But uh, yeah, just to go over that, uh, you know, when, when you have AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from the state of New York, come into your state, and raise $2 million in fresh water and food for your citizens, you're looking pretty bad. Why, why you're, why you're scapegoat taking off to Cancun to vacation for the weekend. It just doesn't look good at all. And uh, it doesn't look good for Ted Cruz right now. There's really not a whole lot of out of it, especially that there's now text messages coming out of his wife planning the whole event saying it's freezing in here. Let's just go. Let's just skip town and go to Cancun for the weekend. I mean, but it's somehow, but he's on Hannity. I saw Ted Cruz's response. He's on Hannity. And what Hannity and he do, he turns it into the liberals are covering it wrong. Oh, the dirty liberal. They have this thing about the scary liberal media, basically saying the country's so stupid that they all listen to CNN. That's what they're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, guess what, yeah. numb nuts? Nobody listens to CNN, at least not enough people to know how full of shit Sean Hannity is and how bad Ted Cruz looks. He almost got beat by upstart. I forget that guy's name. He was a 
obnoxious though. He reminded me of, uh, I don't know. He reminded me of always like the mean stepdad who is always against the good dad trying to get the, the family back. That's who he looked like. Beta, beta fish. Okay. Beta O'Rourke. Right. And I know he ran for president McClellan. And he almost beat Ted Cruz when he wasn't really known. And I think that was only three or four years ago. So, Ted, this is happening at a wrong time. McConnell can probably withstand some anti-Trump stuff for a couple of years because he just won re-election. Ted Cruz is really on a hot seat. And I don't think there's a way he's going to win re-election after all this shit. Because he already was up finding an uphill battle because of backing Trump up. Now he's really... He, he he better get Trump in power a lot quicker than his term is up or homeboy is done, at least for the for the foreseeable future. Well, when you take what had happened with the uh, January 6th uh, speech he gave, which, you know, had gotten a lot of coverage originally, but kind of has dropped out now. Um, you know, that that speech that he gave was was definitely pretty insight, inciting uh, for for just it was just grounds for just a recipe for a riot. Really, you have that. And now you have this and uh, it just, it just doesn't look good for him. I think this, this latest uh, blunder is probably going to be the one that gets him in 2022. He'll be up for reelection as will some major uh, Republicans will be now here in the state of Pennsylvania, Pat Toomey, he's just already said, I'm not, I'm not right. Yeah. Oh, he's, he he was going to be done. My boy, John Fetterman was going to step up and beat the living hell out of him. Right. Fetterman versus Toomey. Oh my God. I would, I couldn't wait. Look, my dude. Look, my dude. You obviously don't know. People like want weed to be legal. You tool. It should be Pat Tooley, because you're a tool. Tool, my dude. Sorry, that was my John Fetterman. I want. I don't know if anyone's ever done a John Fetterman impersonation. I'm gonna have to cut this. I'm gonna have to cut this one and, and send it on uh on the Twitter. See if he likes it yet. He's been avoiding me. He might have blocked me. I see. Because yeah, some of these politicians, uh, you know, they don't want to hear it. And would yeah. be made fun of. Yeah, his wife likes me though. She likes. She's like several of my tweets. Because she's she's the she's the brains in that place, obviously. Okay. But anyways, so yeah, Ted Cruz, man, absolutely amazing. And uh, I mean, he's as much of a piece of crap as we always thought he was. He was always shady. He was always shysty. He he's a typical hack politician, like most of them. And he decided to back. He, he decided because if he backs up Trump, he knows that if Trump does win, possibly win, he will have a job somewhere in a very prominent place. And he still might, if Trump or a major Trump ally runs in a significant for a significant office and wins again, Ted Cruz will probably be taken care of, despite the fact they absolutely hate each other. Because it's all about his political career. And we know that yeah. about Ted Cruz. This isn't something we ought to, ooh. You know, just like Chris Christie. Banning everybody. I mean, this is 10 times worse than that. Because you're leaving, you know, no one was in a, a, an absolute crisis at the time. This is during a pandemic when your state doesn't have power. Oh, this is an indictment of and this, And I hate liberal media. Oh. I despise liberal media. Ted Cruz, you are a complete scumbag, and everybody knows it now. Even your supporters are like, oh, shit, he is horrible. You suck, dude, and everyone knows it now. Yeah. It's just looked real bad. And I understand, you know, the whole CNN 
aspect of it because it's been on here in the house a lot uh so i've I've had it on and i see where they you know they're they're on the other side of the they're 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 the other polar they're the polar opposite and they really just lay it on thick and uh a lot of times i just don't think it's accurate because it just automatically starts over there so how can you be fair and objective if you're already starting over there if you're already just bashing the other side right off the bat in your coverage um, you know, with like very opinion, there's a guy, Don Le- Lemon or Don, Don Lehman. He always does a little commentary and it's very opinionated. And I just say as, as a journalism, I, uh, as a journalist, you know, I don't know how you could really take those sides. You're the very job of being a journalist is to call it, you know, to call it objectively. And these guys on CNN are just not doing that. So I do see that. And I see it's just like, uh, it's ammo for the right to just load, load up and, tee off and uh you know i hope we can find uh a happy medium over these next these next couple of years um you know because i'm really thinking we're going into it we're going to be going into a roaring 20s and we're going to be going into an age of, 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 of enlightenment and uh you know we're going to be coming out of this and I, I think we're going to have an age of indulgence along with this and uh you know we're going to start realizing a lot of things that have been going on and we're not we're not really standing for it as they say woke the woke generation is coming up the ranks here and uh i think guys like ted cruz are gonna are gonna be put out and uh you know hey if somebody that's a republican that's better and he gets in i'm i'm all for it you know because texas is a gop state it's kind of purple these days you know actually very purple but you know if a, if a decent republican could get in there in his place then I, i'm all for it but this, this guy's for the birds and 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 honestly, man, I, I used to envy Texas a lot, and I just do not at all right now. Not not when one of the best towns they say is up and coming, Austin. Yeah, you know, forty almost half the town was out of power for uh, almost a week. I mean, that's 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 just not good. It's screwed. Yeah, and and you're exactly right on everything you're saying. I really do believe that there is coming in a age of enlightenment and an age of that, and it's not going to happen until people that are what that are liberal say cnn sucks too that's the problem sure every yes. time and i'll tell you what 2016 was a perfect microcosm of how our political climate has become and maybe it's getting better without trump rattling the cages every goddamn day and i think it, at least for me it has because i haven't thought about the president on a daily basis for the first time in four years four or five I know, years it's really it's a lot quieter for sure oh my god it's so much better I could focus on other things. You know, we could talk about enlightenment and growth and you know what I mean? By, you know, all these different things and, and really take on the really important questions in this world instead of talking about a bunch of idiot morons storming a capital because of a, because they believe in a narcissistic con man. I don't want to talk about those morons. I don't want to talk about redneck idiots storming a capital. I don't. Yeah. And or, you know, or an Internet group that talks in code and I don't. Yeah. So anyways, without their leader, I think a lot of the fervor will be dissipated, at least for the time being. Uh, But the the reality is here is that we have all sides have to start opening their eyes to their own side and how bad it is. The guy who posts anti-Biden stuff every single day, a guy that posts anti-Trump stuff every single day. Yeah. Well, guess what? If your guy is, is, a, is, a, is 
doing some bad stuff too. You got to call them out or then you don't have a really a leg to stand on when I'm trying to have a normal debate with you. If you don't, because it's all about acknowledgement. That's life in general. You have to acknowledge what's poisonous and rotten in what you believe in. And that's the biggest problem with conservatives because they don't want to ever say and admit things. And that's a big problem. And their side is their side. Their numbers are dwindling. They haven't had a they haven't had a popular vote win in the national election, I believe, since 2004. And they only had it once before that, before Reagan. They've only had the majority win the presidential election two elections. That's a stone cold reality. And that's with a small percentage of African-Americans voting. That's with a small percentage of Gen Xers voting or Gen, Gen Zers and millennials voting. With people who will typically, the people who don't vote typically will vote probably for smoking weed and getting free health care. All right, that's what they'll probably sure. vote for if they ever got out of their ass. And the Republicans know that. That's why they do. They are the worst at gerrymandering. The Republicans know their story is full of shit and lies. By the way, the Democrats have their full of shit and lies too. But at least they try to encourage everybody to a certain extent. I'm not going to sit here and defend the Democratic Party. I'm actually leaving the Democratic Party uh, already. So I'm not defending the Democrats here. They suck so bad that I'm leaving the party now. So there's yeah, that. So I did that as well. I did that after the 2016 election. I went to an independent. I was just so over it. It was, it was so mismanaged. And I tried to defend it as much as possible because I just didn't want uh, it to go the way it went. And, uh, you know, just, just trying to keep it fair here. I don't, I don't want to, like, lean on any sides here for this, uh, for, you know, but I just thought that that could have been handled a lot better um, and I really do think that Bernie was the candidate and yeah. uh, he would have been the candidate to beat Trump. And then I think a lot of those people that were for him went to Trump and voted for Trump. So it or just they didn't totally vote. counteracted their, their yeah. uh, strategy. And that's, by the way, Bernie gets blamed for that a lot. Bernie supported Hillary, but what you want a guy to do, a, he was killed by quote unquote progressive leftists, fake motherfuckers. That really don't believe. They, if you believe more in the party than you do the country, fuck you. Honestly, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party like that that killed Bernie Sanders because he didn't automatically turn around and kiss Hillary's ass. He had a shot to win until New York. New York, when he lost New York to Hillary, it was over. But he still mathematically had a decent chance to win, and if he and he had one hail mary, I think Super Tuesday was or something. There was another couple big elections coming up. But at the end of the day, Bernie did what he needed to do. He told all of his supporters to vote for Hillary Clinton. They didn't because people just hated her to the point. But to come full circle, the reason the 2016 election was so such a microcosm of how the both sides play it, particularly CNN, Fox, MSNBC, and even Newsmax or whatever their names, not Newsmax. Is that their name, Newsmax? Is that the other? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. Newsmax is that the only time they're telling the truth is when they're talking about the other side and they don't even tell the truth that often there either, but at least that's part, it's part of the time. They put a mirror up to the Democratic, the Democratic Party and that's how they get people who don't do enough research to fall for their bullshit. 
because they oh, wait a minute, I figured that out too. The Democrats aren't running this country. The Democrats aren't the majority. Maybe they're not the majority, but guess what? Two times, two times since 1992, a Republican candidate has the majority of the votes. Electoral what? college be damned. So the Republicans know that. And they are relying on an uneducated population. That's why all the red states, a majority of them are statistically the most uneducated states in the union. That's not a coincidence. It's not a surprise either. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the yeah. South, I'm pointing at you. So that, that, that's why when Fox News talks about how bad CNN is and CNN talks about how bad Fox is, they're both right. You both are cancers to our society. You are both cancers to our, our development as people and as community. And it's disgusting. Now, that's not saying everybody on both sides. I got a lot of respect for a couple of people in, at work at Fox, one in particular. And I got some respect for a couple of people that work at CNN. But overall, it's not a mistake. They make billions of dollars to divide us. And we play along with the tune. Both sides because they don't care about being right. They care about being divisive and they care about getting the clicks on the internet. They care about getting the views on TV. They don't care about truth. They never did. The right just finally figured out, hey, we could do the same thing. And you know what? Our side is dumber and our side will believe anything we say. Clearly. If Donald Trump was your poster boy and Donald Trump got 75 million votes, Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Valley is woke today. <laughs> That's that good blue jazz I've been smoking, that kind tree blue jazz, baby. Yeah. That sounds good. I might have to stop by there today and try that out. I can actually do that. I could like, ride my bike over there. Not really today. <laughs> but. It, it, you know what, Vic? It feels absolutely great to be back behind the microphone. And uh, that was kind of an explosion there. It was. Oh. So what do we got coming up with, we got a couple guests lined up that I know for sure will have definitive dates. We talked about Ray Pearson earlier. He's going to be honest as author of God's cruel joke about a Jersey boy growing up into manhood and getting into some crazy shenanigans in links with cocaine and hookers. I just kind of heard that those Jersey boys kind of got into that stuff coming up the ranks there, right? Ooh, we got to give a big shout out to uh, to Vance Preston of the Dark Order and AEW. He uh, he's he, his phone number is or is and I don't know the numbers offhand, but it spells out cocaine. So I want to give him a big shout out for that cocaine joke as well. What are the chances? Wow, <laughs> cocaine's been a prevalent joke. I haven't touched it in so so very long, if ever, as long as my daughter's listening. Hopefully she'll never listen to this. I don't think she will. She's about as interested in, in, in me as, uh, you know, I was at her during to, for her first eight years of life. No, I'm just kidding. I was a good dad. <laughs> My mom was asking about the uh, podcast here and uh, where she could listen to it. And I said, Spotify. And then I didn't say anything more. <laughs> she can look for it. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff sure, there that sure. I, you know what I, I, unfortunately we've come to this I've come to this conclusion. I'm, I'm not going to hold anything back. And I, I can kind of harken back to when Howard Stern uh, said he needs to stop holding back and not being completely honest with his audience. 
And that's where I'm going to be. And that's where I, I strive. It doesn't mean everyone needs to do it. Cause I'm sure no one, I mean, it's just something how I, if I don't have any secrets, then it's easier for me to let go and let it loose. So it's just better for me, but it doesn't mean it's better for everybody. No, because you kind of have to get ready to uh, put the shield up there and kind of defend yourself a little bit. Cause uh, it may come, you know, like I, I keep saying this, I just picture this uh, very quaint, um, politically correct uh college educated editor at spotify kind of going through the stuff and just q a and a little bit of stuff and then coming across the 40 somethings podcast and saying oh i don't know if this is gonna work well i don't think we've ever pushed the envelope like that i really don't and i will take full responsibility and if we are by all means tell me i have looked at some results and i have heard content by people from, uh, what's his name? The guy that Brad talked about. I forget his name. Oh, Duncan, Duncan Trussell. Trussell. Duncan Trussell. Yeah. Do you hear what Duncan I, Trussell talks about? I am not highly worried at all. Yeah, yeah. And if he, I mean, this guy talks about everything. He talks about banging left and right. He talks about doing drugs up the rear end. Literally and figuratively, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, if there's a guy like Duncan Trussell, who, who is about as, to use a, a, a very, uh, I would say, played out word uh he's as authentic as they come that word's been uh, a very hot button word it's been used often so i try not to use it too much so but uh you know that's what and that's kind of what it is though it's just a word i just people use the word authentic like ah. but you know once you get what they're saying actually okay yeah you know so we got roy pearson uh, Jesse Tappan, we're finishing up, uh, is a, hist- a great historian, also a member of our armed services. He's a member of the Army. I don't know if he's going to want me to say his real name, though. I just realized that. Oh. And he might be mad at me for that, but maybe not. Uh, I haven't said anything too crazy. But anyway, but we have a really good historian who has invite- who has asked to come on, and I'm sure he would he doesn't mind uh, being interviewed. There's only certain things he's gonna he's going to say. But he also is a really awesome guy, and he'll have really great conversations with you. And I actually wanted to get him on here to also talk about James Baldwin. And because, you know, and I don't know enough about Jesse's personal life to really get into what his opinion would be or even know what his opinion would be. So that's why he would be a good guy because he's very pragmatic and he's very thoughtful and he's very, I believe, and it seems to me, and I don't know him super well, but he seems like a guy who really does a lot of introspective thinking. So I think he also, so he comes from a place of peace, at least from what I can tell. Who knows? Sounds great. Uh, We're looking forward to some of these coming up and, uh, you know, looking forward to getting through this, uh, this nuclear winter, so to speak of (laughs) pandemic syndrome and, uh, you know, some brighter days ahead of us. I kind of think we'll be turning the corner soon and, uh, looking forward to some of that. And, uh, yeah, another another good episode here with the Forty Somethings podcast, and uh, we're looking forward to those desk guests coming up. Oh, wait a minute! Before we say goodbye, we are going to do a podcast tomorrow from the road. I'm really excited about this Forty Something podcast on the road. As uh, my brother Vig on the other side will be, uh, we're going to be taking a little trip down to Philadelphia. And we'll knock out an episode and kind of talk about some things on the road. So it should be interesting content for that. So look at, out for that probably sometime in the very, very near future. 
and we will have all those uh, guests lock, locked up by the next time uh, Vig's on the other side when he's in Colorado. Yeah, sure. I'll be heading back there tomorrow. That'll be part of it. And of course, we'll be hands-free and taking all the safety precautions. Uh, so don't don't jump on us for that. We really would not want to ever put uh, anybody in danger because of our podcasting uh you know, so, oh, so give a listen. Uh, it might be probably be pretty interesting. So tune in and uh, we'll be hands-free from the cab of TJ's car headed down to Philadelphia. And uh, yeah, we'll be broadcasting live there. And actually, you know what? We might actually have uh, the lovely and beautiful Kelly Williams driving so we can be completely uh, you know, completely on not not completely focused on the podcast, and she can focus completely on driving. But there I don't know go. if she'll okay. do that. She might tell me to pound salt. So we'll see. Sure. <laughs> All right, folks. We will see you guys very very soon. Thank you for listening to Forty Something Podcast. Check me out on my weight loss journey. Vig down eleven pounds in three weeks. Not the most. Fantastic. Well, actually, two weeks. It's two weeks so far. Two weeks, 11 pounds, um, but I'm still a big fatty. So still, still, still got a long way to go. I'm now 257 pounds. I started at 268. So we're just the, just, just the beginning. We got another 72 pounds to go. It's going to be tough. The last 30 pounds are going to be very, very difficult. Is what I'm assuming. Small steps. Take small I'm, steps for big gains. And speaking of little storylines we got going on in the show, Vig, I, I think we have a little bit of a sad report from the No Fapland. No February. Vig, what happened? Fell down. It was just uh, just a lot of us being snowed in and kind of hanging hanging around the house and being bored. Uh, had to taking some time off here. Was out of my element. Uh, was away from Colorado for you know eleven days here and just. Uh, just decided to, you know, treat myself, really. What we'll if, put it that did, way. Did you watch porn? Yes. What kind of porn? Uh, it was a um, compilation of uh, Japanese 30-somethings. Why did I know? I was going to make an Asian joke. I swear to God, because you you think they're attractive women. I was literally going to make an Asian an Asian woman joke, because I know you, you, you fancy them. And holy shit, and I didn't. It really was a <laughs> – I should have said something. Well, that's awesome. I uh, – you know, you want to elaborate? So it was just a compilation. Was it uh, any lesbian Asian stuff, or was it just straight missionary style? Was it a – was it a an, an arrival, you know, an orgasm compilation, or was it – what was yeah, it? It was all, all of the above, about, about Ooh, a 20-minute nice. uh, compilation of all what you've mentioned. How and, long did uh, you last with it? Not very long. So it wasn't even 20 minutes. Who the hell knows what it could have been? It could have been sure. it could have been five ways with like five hot, really hot Asian women. That would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely that in the beginning. And you know, it uh, you know, when when you when you know fapping for quite a while, for as long as I was, it it just doesn't take much, you know. So Oh my I have God. to keep that in mind. So how was, and I'll, I can, you don't have to answer this because I'm going to answer, I'll answer mine because I did go about six days, right? And I wound up that first orgasm was very pungent. It was, in fact, I was doing it in my room 
and my my wife had been there and she was there and she was kind of helping me out in certain ways not fingering my butthole for those of you who are asking we did not do any of that she but she was doing something to kind of assist the process i didn't have to watch porn she was doing some, some nice things for me and i it was so it was had the thrusting and had just water so much it literally flew up and she was up kind of like kissing my neck or whatever flew up hit her right in the eye and i'm not exaggerating that is a shoot story shoot means a true story and so that was my first orgasm it felt great and i had a really weird orgasm when we were on mushrooms fantastic it was like i don't know it was really weird because it was we went a while we went pretty I, i went bit and uh just to kind of have the orgasm i kind of took control of it myself and it just was it, a lot of you know premature ejaculation and then the orgasm itself when it finally blew was it was amazing i don't know what i never it was the probably the most powerful orgasm i've had so that's what i've been dealing with the last. i've had some interesting orgasms the last couple of weeks nice sounds good all right